There's a number of words this morning that came through, and all of them pretty much were in line. That uh, from from Jamie's word during the week of the water that feeds that seed, uh, and that's God's spirit, God's water that feeds us and that makes us grow in Him. Uh, and uh, Amanda had basically the same word, also like just that God's water was here this morning, available to us to impact, to change. And something that came through in all of the words was something of change, that we don't remain the same. And that's actually wonderful news. I don't know if you can remember the day you got saved, for those that are, have given your lives to, to the Lord, but... Can you remember that there was another person before that day? And that God had changed you. And that's a glorious thing because actually without salvation, we cannot enter the presence of God. He is the holy, holy God. He is the God worthy of our honor, of our praise, of our adoration, of of singing these words to him. And then we can enter into his presence. Although he's holy, we can enter into his presence. And we can't enter into his presence without being made different. And that is a glorious thing, that God actually changes us. I want to start a timer. I used to be an IT I think nothing of that remains. Did it. For the older folk, it's a glorious thing if you get your cell phone to listen to you. (laughs) But this morning, really, that is, I want to celebrate, we want to celebrate Jesus that came. We're not going to have church tomorrow morning on Christmas Day, but this is the day before Christmas when the whole world celebrates with us as Christians that Jesus came, that it's his birthday. How amazing that, that even the world would celebrate that with us. They don't even know what they're celebrating, but they're all happy about it, and they should be. So this morning I want to read from, from a scripture that we very often only read this time of the year, and that's Matthew 2. Uh, from verse 1. And it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. What an incredible scripture. It's only in Matthew that actually recounts the story of the magi or the wise men that came to look for Jesus. And they say, we saw his star or his light in the east, and they traveled. Now, we don't really know how far they traveled. They, they did go on a journey. So somehow, there were these wise men, not three, a number of them, Somewhere in Persia or Babylon. It was far away. And they saw a light or a star. And somehow they decided they're going to follow this light. 
And they had a sense or some other manuscripts from somewhere that said that this was going to declare a very significant person being born to the world. Big enough that they packed their things and traveled far dangerous roads to go pay honor and respect to this king that has been born. That's quite, that's quite out there. It wasn't easy. It was dangerous. And they traveled. And then we see in, the, in, in Matthew that they got to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they, why Jerusalem? Well, they went to the capital. So this star they're following is going to Israel. They get to Israel. Okay, surely it's in Jerusalem. So they went to Jerusalem, which is the capital of the nation. And they start looking around there and they ask people for, where's the king that was born? But there was no baby born in the palace. So it was quite obvious they didn't have to go to the palace because there was just no birth there. And it, it caused quite a bit of a raucous in Jerusalem, so much so that the king, Herod, who were ruling in Jerusalem over the Jews, uh, and he was placed into power by the Romans. And he heard of this, and he thought, wait a minute, what, what's this king that was born? Uh, isn't it surely should be my son if it's king? And he called them to him, spoke to them, and actually through this, they realized that it wasn't in Jerusalem. And they heard that it might be to the south. They left, and then it says they followed the star. So it's interesting, I always thought Herod told them where to go. But it says after that that they followed the star again. I, I found that this week, actually, <laughs> that... After they left the palace, yes, he had said, that's where the wise men said. But after that, he, they again followed the star. And they were joyful when the star pointed them to the place where Jesus was. And, he, and, and they got to, to, to pay homage to him and they gave him uh, gifts. And they worshipped Jesus. And that's the story that impacted us most on this planet. It's an amazing thing that happened. God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. It changed the world forever. It's never going to be the same again. Was it a star that they followed? I don't know if it was a star. People try and predict whether it was Halley's Comet, and I don't know what else they, they come up with, to try and explain what it was that they followed. I'm going to say, as I prepared this message, I've, I've started thinking, well, when God was born, isn't it possible that a light shone for a while? Like just a supernatural light. God born. It changed everything. It definitely changed the atmosphere. And it was a light. It was so compelling that people that were wise in the world saw it and went, we've got to go see that. What is that? And they started following this. And they went on a journey. And this morning I want to say all of us need to get that light. 
This morning, at least one of us saw that light. That's the moment we all need. We all need to have an experience of Jesus coming to this world. We all need to see that light. That is what changes our hearts. That is what changes. And it sets us off on a journey. Many people actually see, see the light. I mean, th- th- that was there for everybody to see. Only the wise men traveled. Where were all the Jews? They were close. They didn't have to travel too far. Where were all the people that the wise men passed? They didn't go on a journey. They saw the light, but they didn't follow it. And this morning, the first thing I would like to say is, when you see the light, when you see the light of Jesus of Nazareth that was born to this world, that changed everything, that made it possible for us to actually go to God, start traveling, do whatever it takes, go on a journey, but change the direction of your life. That's what it definitely did for them. I think they had plans before they saw the light. They had lives, they had children and wives, they had jobs to do, they had things to plant and sow and reap. But it changed their lives. They went on a journey. And, and then they got to Jerusalem. It's interesting. Because um, I got saved in 1990. Uh, some of you have heard this. But I was sitting alone in the desert. And God called me. It wasn't the first time that I heard his voice. But it was the first time I listened. And... I started following God in that moment. I said, okay, God, my life is yours. I had no idea what I was doing or what I was getting into. It was the start of a journey. And there was no church. So I sort of followed God best I knew. I grew up in church, so I had an idea. At least I knew about the Bible. And, uh, but I was really trying to find what I was supposed to do. I made many mistakes. Especially early on. Big mistakes. I think people would have looked at me and gone, saved. He's not saved. People in the church probably would have said that. It's like, no, he can't be saved. He doesn't even go to church. And, uh, but it was a journey. And here and there I stopped in places which was not helpful on that journey. And that's not the important thing, though. The important thing is that you, when you find yourself in a space where Jesus is not, that you'll continue traveling. And that's what we saw the the wise men do. They went to Jerusalem. It was the wrong place. But the moment that they figured out Jesus wasn't there, they packed their things again and left. And actually found the light again. So they thought the light was taking them somewhere, but they were wrong. And that's okay. What's important is that they left and that they saw the light again and that they kept on following that light. And that light is God. God is faithful. He will lead you to where he wants you to go in the end. He will lead you. All you need to do is follow him. Is the scripture that, that says that, there is. It says, uh, let me find that. Uh, 
Can't see it now. It's here in my notes. When I see it, I'll tell you. <laughs> but it's trust, trust the Lord with all of your heart. That's it. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Follow God's light. And when you face things in that journey, when, you, when things happen, because life happens even after you've given your heart to the Lord, you're not home free. You know, when you, when you give your heart to the Lord, when you start on this journey, you're not in heaven. We remain on earth. And this place sometimes really can suck. Yeah? You all have experienced that. <laughs> that stuff happens. And it's not always just the nicest things that happen. My brother rolled his car yesterday. Uh, he was on his way to go camp in the Cedarburg. And some turn the road fell away and he rolled his car. That was not planned. Luckily... He didn't get seriously hurt, and some people picked him up, packed all his things, and <laughs> he's okay. He's camping now, <laughs> like you would do after you rolled your car. <laughs> but, you know, unexpected things happen. You roll your car on the way. The important thing is, actually, where are you going? Is it going to stop you on your journey? Or will you continue going and will you re regain your footing? That's the important thing. I phoned my mom this morning to tell her my brother rolled his car because he didn't phone her. He phoned me. And I could start the sentence with, Mom, Albert is okay. <laughs> I said, Mom, you know, we always start this conversation like this. Albert is okay. <laughs> and he's really okay. So now I can tell you, he rolled his car. <laughs> That's how you want to get that news. That he actually regained his path. That he got to the destination that he was going to. It would have been very sad if the message started with, he's not okay. He did not, he was not able to get back onto the road. And I think for me this morning, that's the, one of the important things that we need to know about the wise men is that they rolled their car. They, they got to Jerusalem. It was the wrong place, but they regained the way. They regained following the light. And they got to Jesus, and like we got this morning, actually they bowed down and worshipped him. That's in Matthew 2 verse 11. When they got there, they were overjoyed, and they bowed down. And worship them. That's what we did this morning. It's a normal thing to do when you get into the presence of a king. It's actually to bow down. Even, I'm going to tell you, when you get to King Charles in Buckingham Palace, no matter who you are or what you think you are, you will have the urge to lower yourself in the presence of a king. Why? Because God's made him king. Whether we like him or don't like him, whether he is righteous or not righteous, when you get into the presence of somebody that God had given that much authority, you have the, this natural urge of lowering yourself. How much more in the presence of Christ, the King, the King of Kings, the one who deserves our worship, who is righteous, who died for you and for me, 
And that's what they did. They, they were the wise men. And they lowered themselves. They humbled themselves and they worshipped him. They gave him stuff. They gave him precious, precious things. And this morning, the, what's the most precious thing we have to give to Jesus? It's your heart. That's really the thing we have. We have nothing. Everything we have is given to us. Everything I have, God gave. I, I give him a little back, like 10% of what I get paid monthly. I, I give to Jesus it's like, or to God. It's, there's nothing. What is it? It's, it's worldly. It's, it's going to go and mean nothing in the end. But my heart is precious. My life means something. And that's what we have. That's what you have this morning. You can give that to Christ. That's all we have. And we need to continue doing that. That's the other thing. It's not a once-off thing. You don't give, you don't pray the prayer of salvation once. And now you go on with your life. It does change where you're going. It sets you on a journey. It leads you closer and closer to Christ. And just to put this in context of what Scripture says. Do we find this in the Word? And it's actually phenomenal how God wrote the Bible for us so that we can find a thread, a common thread through the entire Word. So in the Old Testament, in Psalm 119, we read this. Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. That's before the light shone in Bethlehem and the wise men saw it. Maybe they knew the scripture because it was written before and it was available to them. But today still God's lamp shines on your feet. It's his word. I actually don't have my paper Bible yet. So it's like this just doesn't have the same effect, does it? <laughs> But to read the Bible, to find scripture in it that leads you closer and closer, it's invaluable, a light on my path. In John 1 verse 14, we read this. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace. And truth. This is the testimony of who Jesus is. He is the word. That's what the Bible teaches us. That Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word become flesh. In other words, if you take your Bible, it represents all of Jesus. That is such a precious thing to be able to have. Is to have God's word in your hand. It says that word. There's, there's another scripture in John that says that the whole world and everything in it was made through Jesus. It says nothing was made that wasn't made through Jesus. We were made through the word of Jesus. And then he, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And we can see his glory. We can experience him. And then you go back to Psalm and you go say, that word, your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light on my path. Follow the light. I know there's that joke that says, when you see the light, don't follow it. I'm saying, follow the light. When you see the light, follow the light. I can't say that too many times. It's just, that's what we're supposed to do. Seek the Holy Spirit. Look for his word and follow it. Go on the journey and don't stop anywhere. Not in Jerusalem, not in the capital. Don't stop before you get to him. And that's, that's the story of salvation. That is the message that God entrusted us with. So if you're here this morning and you have given your heart to God and your life to him, and you're on that journey, keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. Every morning, find God's word in big things and in small things. Just hear him. It's like, where do I go next? I've got this habit that I, I actually got it from Will Marie back in the day. He, he spoke about how do you follow God? He said, when you wake up in the morning, train yourself to speak to God first. Make it a habit that even before you open your eyes, speak to God. Morning God. Doesn't have to be weird. Doesn't have to sound morning God. We don't have to speak in a different voice. We don't have to sound different. You don't have to have, use words that you don't use in, in normal life. It's one of the reasons why I preach in English. Because in Afrikaans, we use some words only in the church. And it almost feels like it's not real for me. It's not a dig at Afrikaans. It's what I experience. But in the morning, just wake up. Just say, good morning, God. And then, Holy Spirit, guide me. Where do you want me to go? Speak to me this morning. Speak through me. Show me. Definitely, please help me. Every morning. Just make it a habit. You'll be amazed what happens when you start surrendering your life to God. When you invite him into every day, every day, at the beginning of the day. He shows up. And he, he is there with you. Seek me and you will find me. That's what the Bible teaches us. Seek me and you will find me. I promise you, if you seek, you will find So continue your journey. Don't stop in the wrong place. And give God your heart. That's really the, the, the thing that God's after. God wants a relationship with one of, each one of us. Just give him your heart. What does that look like? I think there are two groups here this morning. There are guys and girls. 
And when you say give your heart, girls have one idea of what that means. And most of the guys have no clue. (laughs) I definitely didn't. It took me a long time for God to actually break this heart. To actually understand what it means to give my heart to him. I thought I had an idea when I met my wife. What it meant to give my heart. I had no idea. It was actually still selfish. It was still, ah, look at this wonderful gift that God has given me. I'm going to look after it well. Look, everybody. (laughs) Selfish love is where I started. So guys, those that are lucky enough to be married, ask your wife what it means to give your heart. Listen to her. She probably has a better idea. It's sacrificial. It's emotional. It's all in. It's not just intellectual. That is the way that we should give our hearts to God. This is my brother telling me that he's still okay. I'm actually going to decline his call. (laughs) I'll refer him to this message. (laughs) But give your heart this morning. And that's it. And then the last thing that I have to say this morning is take other people with you. You cannot do anybody a greater favor than introducing them to the one, the only one, the king, Jesus, that died for us on the cross. He wasn't just born. You know, that that's the other part of the gospel that I haven't referred to. That he wasn't just born. He actually came for a reason. He came so, so that he could die for us. Unnaturally so. Crucified, shedding his blood so that we can in relationship with him and his father without that price that was paid for me I actually had very little worth it's God that sent his son to die for us that we celebrate why well because he rose again that's the part we really celebrate is that he didn't stay in the grave and that is the good news the good news is that He was born so that he could die, so that he could be raised from the dead. Why? Because now I can be raised from the dead. And I don't have to wait till the day that I die. Actually, I just wait till the day when I give my life to God. That day is the day that I got born for real and started living life. We've got lots of visitors, so I'm going to ask this question. <laughs> if you're here this morning, and somewhere between everything that I've said, you've heard that there's a light. You've seen it. Somewhere in worship, you saw a bunch of people up front here worshiping God, and you go, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? I don't feel anything. They're saying God's presence is here, but 
I don't feel it. I don't see it. But you want to. Something is tugging at your heart. Going, whoa. I want to have what they have. They've got something that's moving them to worship Jesus. Where's that light? You can spend your whole life looking down, looking for the way to go, but actually, you're going to have to look up to find the light. So this morning, if you want to look up, if you maybe have seen the light, I want to give you the opportunity to start following that light. To start your journey. And you're going to have to start it by actually surrendering your life to God. I'm going to ask everybody, close your eyes. And I'm not going to ask you to first put your hand up and then come to the front. It's, there's no hook here. I'm actually just going to ask you to respond by putting your hand up. So if this morning you want to give your life to the Lord, if you say, God, you can have my heart, whatever that means, God, I don't know yet. I'm going to ask you to just show me who you are so I can pray with you by raising your hand. Just put your hand up so I can see it. Thank you. Once you've put it up, you can put it down. I see it. Is there anybody else? This morning, you want to say, God, you have my heart. That's the first group. A second group of people. You're here this morning. You have given your heart. You've seen the light. You started following it. But you got stuck in Jerusalem. You thought that was where you were going. And somehow things have become important. And you started following God. You gave your heart. But your heart now belongs to some stuff in Jerusalem. And you're finding it difficult to let go again. If that's you, I'd like you to also put your hand up. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. The great news is this morning we can all start following that light again. You can put your hand down again. We can all find that light again. Just look for it. It's there. It is there. His voice is there every morning for us. To guide us and to take us all the way to Jesus. Okay, I'm going to pray with, with everybody here. Let's first pray to give our hearts to the Lord. And if you've done it before, you can pray with us. So let's all pray this prayer of giving our heart to the Lord. You can do it for the second time this morning. <laughs> yeah.